Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, Happy Father's Day, all you dads in the room. Um, We got some extra kids in the room, too, so just extra celebration this morning. Um, Now, I guess I get to brag on my family because I'm up here. Um, And uh, I woke up this morning, and I got a brand new Yeti. Um, yellow, um, and I would have brought it up here, but I don't want to get booed off the stage because uh, they got crafty and made it into a Pittsburgh Steelers Yeti. Um, thank you, thank you. We got a couple, couple of us here. So, uh, so Father's Day is pretty good so far. Um, now, we are wrapping up this uh, series called Curveball. Uh, and if you haven't been here over the last few weeks, I really do encourage you to go to hillcountry.life and, and get caught up because we've been looking at some of these surprising count encounters that people are having uh, with Jesus. Times when Jesus didn't make a whole lot of sense to them or times when Jesus would do something or say something that just left people shocked or uh, in awe. And things that people just weren't ready for. Now, as we were getting into this curveball series, the whole baseball theme, uh, it reminded me of my youth. I I grew up playing about 10 years of baseball, and I I loved it. Um, It was a lot of fun, and there was nothing better than a a fastball right in the sweet spot, right? I I loved them. It was like like a a slow-mo in a movie where the guy's just licking his chops, like ready for the ball, uh, because I could get a hold of those. Now, my weak point for sure was the curveball. Uh, there was something about the change in timing or the movement of the ball from outside to inside that I just couldn't, I couldn't get it. I had no idea what to do with it. Uh, it was just every time, even when I was expecting it, I was left just kind of shocked, like, what just happened? And I think a lot of times for a lot of us, that's how we approach life. If things are predictable and straightforward, uh, then we're, we're doing okay. But if something comes in that's a little bit off or a little bit uh, different than what we were expecting, we're, we're left reeling. Now today, as we close this series, we're going to look at uh, Curveball Jesus through uh, a blind man, where Jesus helps this guy see the light, but not just physically, but spiritually, more importantly, spiritually. And the steps the, the blind man took um, led him to a, a bigger faith. And those are, if we take those same steps, that can lead us to a bigger faith as well. Now, we're going to start in John chapter 9. John chapter 9, verse 1 says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. And so from the very beginning of this story, uh, we encounter a barrier, a way of thinking that was keeping uh, this blind man and that holds us back from deepening our faith, getting a bigger faith. See, in this, in this passage, in this time period, there is this common belief 
that um, disease or illness or bad things that happen were a result of a person's sin, uh, yours or maybe even your parents. Um, and that it was kind of like a form of punishment uh, for the bad things you've done. And if we think about it, that thought process is pretty prevalent in our culture today as well. Uh, we, we sometimes have those thoughts of, oh, if I do something bad, karma is going to come get me, you know. And so it's not that far removed. And so Jesus takes a moment here and shows us that growing in faith begins with breaking out of our preconceived notions, sometimes our way of thinking. And so step one is break through either or thinking. Break through either or thinking. Jesus' disciples were guilty of this. Uh, They walked by this man uh, who was born blind, and they asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was blind? Because in their mind, those were the only two options. Either this guy did something or his parents did something. And their thinking trapped them into seeing this man's situation as completely hopeless. There was no room for God. There was no room for faith. That's what either-or thinking does. It traps us and keeps us from faith. Now, a lot of you, you're probably aware of this in the business world and the dangers of this in the business world. Lots of businesses have failed because of dualistic thinking or either-or thinking that it either has to be done this way or that way. There's, there's no in-between. But it's sometimes that other option, that third option that, that opens things up, completely changes things. And if it's bad for business, it's even worse for our personal lives or spiritual lives. Like either, either I have to take this job that I know I'm going to hate or I'm going to face bankruptcy. I'm trapped. There's no other option. Either, either I have to be lonely for the rest of my life or, or I need to get married. Either or thinking. Either I need to stay in this, this uh, or either I have to divorce or I have to live the rest of my life in this miserable marriage, trapped in a bad marriage, trapped with bad kids maybe, trapped with uh, bad life. And you start asking questions like, why, God? Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Where is God whenever I need him? You ever have those thoughts? We, we talk about this pretty often. Well, God's right there with you. He's right there in whatever circumstance you're in. And often, God has another option. Look at, look at what Jesus has to say about this dualistic either-or thinking in, in verse 3. He says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. See, sometimes God has that third option. And so begin to, to see that job you're struggling in as a, an opportunity for, for ministry to the people that are also in that job. Begin to see the marriage you're struggling in as a place God can start bringing healing. Or if he doesn't heal that, that he could give you strength to, as you get through it. Begin to see sickness not as a result of, of sin or something uh, that you've done that that you could see that as something God could use to bring, bring himself glory. That's, a, that's an entirely different way of thinking about it. See, God's, God's third option almost always involves change. God can change anything he wants, and sometimes he will change our circumstances, sometimes. But more often than not, God changes our hearts. Isn't that true? And so the next time you find yourself in this either-or thinking trap, 
Begin by faith to, to look for an option from God that's so radical, that's so different than what you might be thinking, that it could only come from him. So Jesus, he walks up to this man and begins to interact with him. And here we discover the second step to, to a growing faith. First, you need to break out of that dualistic either-or thinking. And then the second thing is you need to expect God's help. And I think I talked about this the last time I was up here, but sometimes we get this thought of, oh, God can do that in somebody else's life. God, God's going to bless you. He can do miracles. But that's not how it works for me. God doesn't really do that in my life. But if you're ever going to grow in your faith, you have to expect that God can help you. Now, this man's struggle was blindness, physically and spiritually. And so Jesus challenges him with this kind of curveball. Starting in verse 6, it says, He, Jesus, spit on the ground. All the kids said, ew, right? He spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Now, let's pause there for a second. Like, good thing this guy was blind, because if he saw what Jesus was doing, we may not be able to read this story, right? Talk about a curveball. But he says, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now, what we don't uh, get, what we're, what we're not told here, is what happens in the middle of this verse, between when Jesus tells him to go and wash and when the man comes back seeing. And it certainly involved faith, though. Exercising whatever little amount of faith this blind man had to, to, to listen to Jesus and um, go and wash his eyes. And you can imagine what this guy's thinking, like, go and wash my eyes? I've done that a thousand times. And you want me to go to that pool? I've been there so many times. So this blind man, he has to make his way through the city streets, and I'm, I'm sure that wasn't an easy task in and of itself. But when he arrives um, and does what Jesus prescribed, what Jesus said, he listens to him, a miracle happens. A miracle happens. Now, notice how this miracle started. Jesus says, I want you to do something very ordinary, I want, you to do some, I want you to walk through the streets you've walked through before. I want you to wash your eyes like, like you've washed your eyes before. Now, have you ever noticed that miracles in the Bible often seem to, to begin with something very ordinary, but then something extraordinary happens? Like, think back, when, when God wanted to split the Red Sea in two, what, what did he ask Moses to do? He said, Moses, hold up a stick. Right? That's pretty ordinary. So Moses holds up a stick and the Red Sea splits in two. Or God wants to feed 5,000 people. And so he says, hey, there's a little boy. Could you share your lunch? A little bit of fish, a little bit of bread. He multiplies it. And 5,000 people are fed. Something ordinary turns into something, becomes something very, very miraculous. And so the question this morning for you is, are you willing to do something very ordinary that says, God, I'm depending on you for this one. I'm not depending on myself. I'm, I'm fully depending on you. An ordinary step. Now, for you, um, that might be writing a letter or making a phone call to somebody to restore a relationship. For you, that, that might be praying for something again that you haven't prayed about in a while. 
for you, an ordinary step might be going to a doctor or, or going to a counselor so you can talk to somebody and work through something in your life. But that first little step, that first little exercise of faith may open up something big in your faith. Now, the first thing that you're going to think whenever you begin to exercise that, that little bit of faith, it's most likely the first thing this guy thought, the blind man. See, Jesus sends him on this journey to get healed at the pool, and I bet the, the first thought in his mind was, ah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> right? It's not going to work. But, you know, I don't have anything better to do today, so I may as well go, go and do that. So let's see what happens. I, I doubt his expectations were super high. But he walks down and washes his eyes, and, and look what God does. Look what happens. And so when you make that phone call, when you, when you write that letter, when you go see that, that person or that doctor, don't be surprised if the first thought in your mind is, oh, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. It's, a, it's amazing, though, how God can take a very ordinary, very small step of faith with doubtful people like, like you and me, and he can impact our lives in incredible ways. So this, this guy, he's been healed of what he perceives to be his immediate need, his, his physical blindness, but God, God wants more. God wants to heal the underlying issues in our lives. So for, for each of us, um, he wants to, to, to dig a little bit deeper. So Jesus doesn't leave him once he's healed physically. He wants him to see spiritually. He wants to give him a, a bigger faith, a greater faith. But on the way, this blind man runs into a couple barriers that, that keep him from this, this big faith. And if you and I are going to grow our faith, we also have to uh, be aware of these barriers. And the, the, the third thing is we have to look beyond others' doubts. We have to look beyond others' doubts. This man's been healed, and he goes back to those who, for his entire life, he's been begging in front of. These, these people have seen him. They've talked to him. And he sees their faces for the very first time. What does he see in, in their faces? Doubt. Doubt. Like, no, no blind person, you know, gets healed and now can see this. This can't be the same guy. Yeah, he kind of looks like the same person, but it can't be. That's not possible. We see this in verse 8, starting in verse 8. It says, His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him, but he himself insisted, I am that man. And so, instead of celebrating with him, like, that he could see again, something miraculous happened in his life, instead of celebrating, he's now having to argue that he is who he is, that he is that same person. And now, there's always going to be people in our lives that, that want to throw doubt on things. When, when miraculous things happen or when God does uh, something awesome, there's a big bucket of cold water that's just waiting to get thrown on you. You ever feel that way? Oh, you, you believe that there's this God who created the entire universe, but he's so personal, he loves you individually and wants the best life possible for you? Ah, it's a fairy tale. Oh, you, you, think, um, you think that 
all this stuff is, is going to, to, to happen, that God hears your prayers, don't, don't believe it. Oh, you think reconciliation in your marriage is possible? Good luck with that. Don't get your hopes up. There's always these doubts that we hear all around us whenever extraordinary things happen. People doubt. And so one of the things we need to do is don't let the voices of other people and other people's doubts blind you to what God can do and wants to do in your life. Now, we looked at his neighbors, but what about the reaction of the leaders, the Jewish leaders? This is so fascinating to me. Because despite all the proof, despite this guy um, being blind but now being able to see, the Jewish leaders didn't want to believe that this miracle happened. They actually argue with this man. Uh, and they, they're like, hey, tell us Jesus didn't do this. Tell us, tell us he didn't everything will be fine. But they threatened even to throw him out of the synagogue. And they ended up throwing him out. And all because this blind man told the truth. Isn't that crazy? Now, Back up a minute. Why were they so uptight about this? Why were the, the Jewish leaders so uptight about this? And, well, it was Saturday. That makes sense, right? Well, Saturday was the Sabbath. And there was, the <laughs> there was this rule, this Jewish tradition, um, that you weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath. And healing this blind man meant Jesus worked on the Sabbath. See, there was, this, there was this law, as crazy as it sounds, that if you spit on the Sabbath, it was okay to spit on a rock. That was fine. But if you spit on the ground, you were making clay. And so that was considered work. Incredible, right? Little things. Little things bar us from a big faith. And it's easy to kind of chuckle and laugh at other people's little things, but, but what about ours? What about the things in your life? Maybe a, a, a word of discouragement from somebody and, and your faith stumbles a little bit or, or maybe it's a, a little habit that you don't want to give up because you don't, you don't believe God can, can help you in that or a little setback or a curveball that's introduced into your life and all of a sudden you're, you're a little upset and disillusioned with God. Oftentimes it's very little things that bar us, that, that are a barrier to us having a big faith in God. Now, I love the blind man's answer to all these people, all these doubts. In verse 25, he says, One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. That's, that's the classic answer, isn't it? I was blind, but now I see. He said, you could shout all these other explanations. You can say whatever you want, but it doesn't change the facts. I couldn't see. And now I can see. God did a miracle in my life. And that's, that's the final step. What, what the blind man did right there is the final step that we're going to look at today in sharing and in, in, in growing your faith. It's sharing your story. Just like the blind man. Tell, tell people how Christ changed your life. I once was blank. And then, but now, I'm blank. Fill, fill in the blanks. Now, in my own life... Um, I was alone, but now I have community. Let me give you some context on that. Uh, before I grew in my relationship with Jesus, I was kind of an idiot. And there are some of you thinking, yeah, not much has changed, Jason. Um, but I did stupid things because I was, I was living for myself. My, my either-or thinking was this. It was I could be by myself and be content, 
or I could spend time with all these other crazy people and be miserable. There was, there was no other middle ground. And frankly, I, I, I liked being by myself. It was okay. Now, some of you, you can't imagine uh, that type of thinking. You can't, you can't put that into your, your brain. But some of you, you might be living there right now. The, the thought of putting yourself out there and engaging in relationships, stepping into a relationship with, with others, isn't even on your radar. But God's third option, it changed my life. As I look back on my story, God systematically put the right people in the right place at the right time in my life. People that, that wouldn't let me be a hermit. People that pursued me, pulling me out of my comfort zone, pulling me into a community of believers. But I had to be open to that third option. I had to step back and look. And God blessed me incredibly with my wife, with friends that love him, that challenged me to grow in him. It was, it was the gateway to a bigger faith because I looked for God's third option. God did something in my life that that nothing in this world could do. He, he replaced my loneliness that I enjoyed with community. And it gives me purpose beyond my, even my family or my, my, my job. It gives me purpose in life. I once was blind, but now I see. What is, that, what is it for you? Fill it in. You may have 10 or 20 of them, but... but Fill in one. I once was bitter, but now I'm joyful. I once was without hope, but now I have hope. I once was hateful. I was full of hate, but now I'm full of love. What is it for you? Whatever it is, your story can affect others. Share it with others. But it's amazing how, yes, it can affect others, but it can affect us too. It can give us a bigger, bigger faith. In Philemon, Paul says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. See, every time I share my story with somebody, if it's in small groups or, or wherever, it really does encourage me, and it strengthens my faith. It reminds me of what God's done in my past. It gives me great confidence that, yeah, God did all of that stuff, and he has more for me in the future. So share your story. Now in verse 35 in John 9, this blind man was pursued by Jesus. It says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. So throughout this story, we see this blind man's faith just growing and growing and growing. Uh, his spiritual vision is, is just improving. In the, in the very beginning, in verse 11, he calls Jesus a man. And by verse 17, he's convinced that, that Jesus is a prophet. And then we see at the end of the story in verse 38 that he's worshiping uh, Jesus as God. Because Jesus breaks through this either-or thinking. The blind man, he acts with whatever little faith he has to trust Jesus and wash in the pool. 
He looks beyond the doubts of others, all these other voices that are speaking into him and casting doubt on what happened. Even though he gets kicked out out of the synagogue, he shares his story with other people. And in the end, this this blind man sees, and his faith grows bigger than it's ever been. So what is it for you? Now, as we wrap up this this curveball series, we looked at so many things that Jesus did that was shocking. But what, what shocked you the most? What stood out to you the most if you were here throughout the series that you need to take away with uh, from how Jesus interacted with others? Maybe Maybe it was how Jesus approached judgment. That was a powerful, powerful story of the woman at the well. Or maybe you have these desperate prayers that that you've just been laser-focused on, and you need to step back and focus on Jesus again for a little while, kind of like Mary and Martha, like we talked about. Or as we talked about last week, maybe after the last couple years, you need a jump start in your faith. You need a reconnection point, a new, a new start with him because you're stuck. Or today, you need to change your thinking a little bit. Maybe you're stuck in that either or thinking. Maybe it's friends or doubts that you're having. But in all of these sermons, throughout this entire series, we're looking at how Jesus has a better way of living. He has a better way of living your life, and it's with him. And he wants the best life possible for you. We talk about that all the time, but we will never know that life unless we trust him. We will never experience the best life possible without him. Let's pray. God, you are, you are incredible. Again, we thank you for the dads here this morning. We thank you for the kids here this morning. And God, we, we thank you that in whatever circumstance, in whatever situation, you're with us. And as we trust you, as we, as we see you work in our lives, our faith can grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Even, even doing ordinary things, you can take ordinary steps of faith and make them into miraculous things. So God, this week, we ask for strength and wisdom to, to look for your third option. Look for for what you're trying uh, to introduce into our lives and not get distracted by the curveball. God, we love you and pray this in your name. Amen. All right. We have some work to do this week. Watch out for the curveballs and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.